there is still that level of discrimination and the level of stigma, and yet they are still able to do whatever they want to do with no apologies. It makes me so happy, and it makes me feel like we are going to achieve a lot in the near future, and it is so obvious, and it's going to come very soon. <laughs> My name is Alex Kofidonko. I am from Ghana and you are watching hashtag TV. Comment, rate, share and subscribe. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for all the tea with Verse TV right here, right now. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome all the way from Ghana, LGBT activist Alex, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the building, Alex. How you doing, brother? I am doing amazing. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, especially knowing that I have someone on the line all the way from, you know, on the other side of the world. I think it's so dope when we can connect virtually like this to be able to talk about so many different things that are, you know, affecting us in this, in this, in this world. And so, uh, again, thank you for your time uh, for being here. I know this interview is going to be super dope. So, <clears throat> just to kick things off, for those of you who might not know, are you, where are you originally from? Are you originally from Ghana or did you like move there, migrate? Like, are you from there? Where are you from originally? Now I'm from Ghana. I'm a Ghanaian. Um, my parents are Ghanaian. My grandparents are Ghanaian. At least I came to meet them. And so, yeah. And I know, like, I've got a family home and all of that. So, yes, um, obviously, so Ghanaian. Ghana's what it is. Got it. No problem. So, you work with LGBT rights in Ghana. What inspired you mm -hmm. to join this movement? Okay, so um, LGBT rights in Ghana, um, I mean, I, I, was, I was, first of all, like, in school, and then I, oh, um, during my school times, you know, I kind of, like, had my own struggles in terms of my sexuality mm -hmm. and my living in society as um, a Ghanaian, you know, and then when we say someone is a Ghanaian, that means the person also ascribed to some of like ascribed to basically the societal norms and the societal uh, um, rules and stereotypes that have been put in place, you know. Mm -hmm. And as of now, when you pick a typical Ghanaian, um, Christianity is part of a Ghanaian's life, you know. So, um, which means that everything Christian or Christianity, you're supposed to ascribe by it and go strictly according to it because, like, um, Ghanaians are mostly conservative and most Ghanaians are religious, you know. And mm -hmm. I happen to also come from a religious home and so I had to go through all the religious processes and all of that. But there's also a young man who is also like growing up and having sexual feelings for a person of the same sex. But then of course um, I am in a church and I'm being told that um, your sexuality is yeah. a sin and that you're going to go to right. hell and all of that. So then I had the battle between my sexuality and how I feel and all of that, and also what the religious uh, uh, um, folks are also telling me. So there was like a battle between myself until I entered into the university was when now I begin to find out more about my sexuality. So I did this through uh, the internet. Uh, so it was through internet that I got to learn more about 
various sexuality and how it is that one can be gay and that there is nothing wrong with being um, gay or a person who is attracted to a person of the same sex. Mm -hmm. So um, through this process, I also try to like really want to find out if there are also like some organizations or there are some um, groups here that are also like I can identify with basically groups who are also LGBT because I really didn't know who and what and where to go because the only people I know is those from church and they clearly are not in the position or place to right. want to have this conversation with me and as a matter of fact I wasn't even ready or even comfortable to even want to have such conversations with them right. and so I I tried to want to find out if there was any LGBT group or organization that I can um, go to or take advice or something like basically something that I can like information that I can get you know um, but I searched through the net because I only had access to the net the internet and the internet was the only place I could find all the information that I needed as far as my sexuality was concerned Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I did not find any organization at the time, and so I was like, oh, if there's no organization that is looking at the interests of um, LGBT persons, then there is a need to put in place one. Like, something needs to be there that should be mm -hmm. a safe place for LGBT persons here in Ghana, you know. So it was at, and this was um, 2010, 2011, you know, so it was around that time that I begin to think about ways to at least get a safe space for people who identify as LGBT. Mm -hmm. So um, after school, I uh, after school that was like in 2014, I got to hear of some organizations that were working uh, in in a way to also support LGBT persons. So I tried to want to volunteer mm -hmm. for these organizations mm -hmm. at the time, but then they were like, oh there isn't any initiative or there isn't any project that is going on now and so um, once there is any project or initiative they will call me to uh, be a part of but mm -hmm. i also was like and also and so i was like okay if that is the case then i i so i just left the whole um wanting to be a part of it for lgbt mm -hmm. work and all of that and then i I went into a bit of modeling, and so my attention now went into modeling. Um, so I went into modeling until um, 2016. I met another person who also had an organization that was also working around um, gay and bisexual men's health, mm -hmm. um, mostly. And so this is an organization called Priorities on Rights and Sexual Health. So when I met um, the director of this organization, I, I just made known my interest of wanting to volunteer or wanting to support the community and so he also agreed and i became a volunteer as at the time at that organization so it was through my volunteering and getting to work with some gay and bisexual men was when i begin to identify um, ways in which uh, we can support the lgbt community without it necessarily being the quiet from the health aspect and all of that. So, you found a different um, way. Found a different right, way to do it. Sorry, come again. I'm saying you found a different way to do it. Yes. So I was like, um, yes. Yeah, so this, this are, these are they are working all right, but then they are working mostly around gay and bisexual men's health, you know. And um, apart from the health aspect, which is like very essential, there is also the 
the, the, the human rights aspect, uh, there is also the social aspect and all of that, to which I felt like uh, there wasn't any effort so much into those areas. So I was like, um, there is a bigger community out there, you know, because um, there is LGBT sexual, like especially gay men's sexual activities, like um, criminalized here in Ghana, um, looking at our section 102 of our criminal code, which mm -hmm. is like a, still a colonial legacy laws, because these are all British um, colonial laws that was like adopted by Ghanaians without any change whatsoever. So this law still exists, and part mm -hmm. of the law that is in section 104, which talks about natural canal knowledge, that same law is used to criminalize mostly gay men, um, gay sexual um, activities. So um, it, it, it was like there is a need for us to mobilize ourselves as a group, as a community. We need to mobilize ourselves and then begin to challenge some of these uh, 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 laws and narratives and opinions and rhetoric that are thrown um, in society, you know. So then the whole idea of how do I start this, you know. And then I also need, so based for me, I got to know more about LGBT and also my sexual life from internet so i was like yes apart from me using that same means there are equally a, a sizable amount of lgbt persons or majority of lgbt persons also have access to internet and family somehow they try to want to find information on lgbt and all of that so why don't we start from a platform where people can easily access and people can easily connect and interact with each other and so i was like well let's try by using the social media means so i first of all created a social media um uh, um, pages and I started with a Facebook group first called um, LGBT Plus Rights Ghana and the name was very bold just so anybody who is LGBT and in Ghana can easily identify and know and can easily access the space and know that it's okay it's fine to access the space and gotcha. so the name was boldly written there and then, then again to to also make it very unapologetic because all this while there has been that that stigma attached to being um, LGBT here in Ghana, you know, so to also break away from the stigma and then not try to hide ourselves like we are some criminals or like some second class citizens. We mm. really need to like put our names and our uh, uh, self out there boldly. And so um, the name was boldly written there, LGBT plus rights Ghana. And so then I added friends from within my space that are LGBT persons that I know, and I also ask them to also add friends they also know to the space. And so that's how we started, and we started using the social media means. And we use the social media to mobilize ourselves, and through social media conversation, and mostly through WhatsApp. Um, this was in 2018, and mm -hmm. uh, we decided to meet um, in December 2018 and just have a get-together, because like we'll be having all this interaction and discussion on social media for a long time, but we don't know the faces behind the names and the and the and the numbers that have been chatting on all these groups. So we met in December. So, when, so you're explaining like how ultimately how it all came about, like how you started yeah. organizing. How, how we all came about, yes. So um, so in 2018, um, in December 2018, we met, and through meeting, we we also decided that um, if we are really going to cause a change, then we don't just have to stay on um, social media alone. We have to like really mobilize ourselves in causing this change. So in 2019, January 2019 was when 
we mobilize ourselves and then begin to push for the agenda of uh, championing the rights of all LGBT persons here in Ghana, basically. So that's how we started, and we've been working rigorously and actively to want to challenge some of the laws that discriminate against us as LGBT persons here in Ghana. So yes, that's how my activism work started. Wow, that, that was definitely, you know, you gave me the full rundown. You know, I I like that. <laughs> um, so your organization organized, uh, created a virtual pride? Yes, so yes, um, so we, we have an online and an offline platform. Um, so we have all the social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, and this is where we mostly do all the works and stuff. And then, of course, WhatsApp. But WhatsApp is more active because we easily engage with ourselves on this WhatsApp page. But apart right. from the online platforms, we also do offline events and activities and initiatives. And during this current like pandemic, um, COVID nineteen isn't allowing us to like meet as uh, as a group, and so we decided to also shift um, some of the things that we would have done offline to online, and still be able to do it, and then easily um, interact with each other and all. And so we were like, I mean, Pride is one of the celebrations that we do celebrate every year. And we realized we are, we wouldn't be able to do that this year due to the pandemic. So we were like, okay, so which other means are, can we be able to do this? And we thought of like going virtual with it. And so that's how come we did the virtual Pride. And then we were like, we're going to start from um, 1st June and then all the way to 30th June, and within the days, we are going to have a series of conversations with LGBT um, advocates, activists, individuals, um, allies, artists, humanists, feminists, um, individuals and groups and all of that. And so, uh, academias, those who are in the academias and all of that. And so that's how come we, we initiated that and uh, we were able to do it. And so we had about 25 episodes and so everything oh nice congratulations on that yeah yeah that's pretty huge um pretty huge congratulations to you guys on that um i know some countries on the on 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 the continent won't even allow lgbt organizations to officially register does ghana Mm -hmm. allow such organizations to officially uh, register and publicly um to be officially registered in public so yes so that was very interesting and um so um some organizations have registered and they are working in area of LGBT, but then their registration, they didn't go boldly as an LGBT human rights organization whatsoever. And so they go with a disguised name like human rights organization for uh, 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 um, vulnerable groups, you know. And there are those who have also gone in the name of um, health rights and all of that. So um, interestingly enough, we, are, we haven't registered yet. Uh, as a legal entity, so we are in the process of doing that, uh, and by so doing, we actually anticipate that the registrar general might refuse to register us. Uh, that is because there was somebody who tried to register his his pageant as a male pageant, and the registrar general asked him to change the name and whatever it's done because, in a way, he is trying to promote homosexuality whatsoever. And so they didn't register him with the idea of a male pageant. So clearly, when you go in the name of LGBT, 
human rights organization or advocate, advocate group or whatever, they might refuse to register. But then, of course, this hasn't been tested yet, to which we are going to do that. We are in the process of doing that. Hopefully, before the end of this month, we should be able to submit our registration forms and everything. And okay. if they do refuse to register us, then we might seek legal redress or so we are seeking litigation process to actually uh, um, challenge uh, their idea of uh, not wanting to register because clearly the laws in Ghana here allows individuals to have the right to freedom of association and so by not registering someone so you are also denying the person the freedom of association so um, there is still the typical Ghanaian attitude and the sentiments and emotions around um, LGBT, and so sometimes they carry the same emotions and sentiments to their work and to their workplaces, and so <laughs> there is a high probability and possibility of they using that same sentiment to say, no, they are not going to register us as an LGBT human rights uh, 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 advocacy group or activism group, and so once that yeah, is sure. done, then we are going to seek the legal um, process, but for now, there hasn't been any organization that has um, officially registered clearly as an LGBT, LGBT. Um, organization. Got it. Got it. Well, it's in the works. So keep putting it out there and keep doing your thing. And hopefully, you know, you cross those barriers. Um, I'll just start Thank aside. You. Uh, of course. You're welcome. Our friend Matthew was recently arrested and abused by the officers in Nigeria before being let go. Afterwards, he still went to the beach to relax and take photos as he originally planned. <laughs> He's truly a strong man. So shout out to you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> so Aaron, our show producer, he attempted to web date a dude in Akara, and the dude kept strongly claiming that the LGBT life in Ghana is much better than in Nigeria. How does this truth, um, is there any truth in the statement when it comes to this? Yes, I would say yes, the LGBT life in Ghana is much better than in Nigeria. That is because in Ghana there are, there are no laws that criminalize anybody for being LGBT. Like, there is clearly no law that says that's you can criminalize somebody for saying I am gay or bisexual or transgender or intersex or queer whatsoever. You know, like I said earlier, the only law that criminalize uh, mostly gay men is the Section 104 of a criminal code that says on natural canon knowledge. And that particular law does not just criminalize gay sexual activities, but it also criminalizes heterosexual sexual activities too. So it's saying that you can have sex with the, apart from the female vagina, you cannot have any orifice or you cannot have any sexual intercourse apart from the female vagina. So if that happens, that means if you're even a straight person who is having blowjob or anal sex whatsoever, the law still criminalizes you. So um, that is the only law that we feel it's, 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 it's a way limiting to being openly, ha like having sexual uh, uh, activities with a person of uh, the same sex. So apart from that law, yeah, the rest is just religious um, ideas and sentiments around LGBT, you know. But then in Nigeria, there are laws that clearly criminalize someone for being um, LGBT, you know. So um, in Ghana, yeah, you can, as a matter of fact, you can be walking on the street whatsoever and flaunt your hands, whatever, on the streets. Uh, you can hold somebody's hands or whatever. They will just look at you and then just not mind you whatsoever, like, you know, uh -huh. um, but then there are, there are certain areas where sometimes this um, attitude, the people might want to attack because then those areas are very close-knit, you know. But then there are some areas in Ghana where you can just walk freely, openly, and nobody cares. Or, 
No, I'm just saying thank you for opening our eyes to that so that, you know, we yeah, know. I mean, and the police, police can't just harass, harass you for walking on the streets. But no, like, no, you can challenge the police. Why are you, why do you stop me? What do you want? You know, you can ask the police all those questions and he's supposed to give you answers. And <laughs> and as a police, I also sometimes I feel people who are really like challenged them whatsoever. So if you start challenging the police, like, you know, we're just going so I have <laughs> Just go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they kind of realize, no, you're going to give me too much trouble. And maybe the police is not ready for those troubles. So just go. But yeah, um, in Nigeria, no, the police are like, they have that kind of, I don't know, like kind of hyper energy that also uh, have that same level of hyper energy with the population. So they are all marching together in a way. So let me tell you this funny story. So there was a friend who, was like, um, so Ghana, Nigeria, how is it like, you know? And then so we're just comparing Ghana, Nigeria to maybe America. So to the Americas, there is um, USA, and then there is also Canada, right? So when you look at clearly the the dynamics between Ghana and Nigeria, it's like the USA and Canada, right? And Ghana being Canada, and then Nigeria being USA. Ghana really doesn't really like too much trouble. They are like the quiet one lying somewhere, you know? until some trouble can we talk about it and then the u.s is like yeah 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 you know so basically that's nigeria and so they they tend to have a lot of troubles <laughs> but we love them and there are a lot of nigerian friends and they know we love them and they love us and we have that kind of cordial relationship all the time but we always fight on social media and then they always know that like ghana intent between them and us here is much much easier and better and okay to leave compared to Nigeria. Being mm. clear. <laughs> <laughs> right, I understand that. So, um, in the light of the murder of George Floyd, Ghana's mm. Minister of Tourism recently said that if any African-American feels unwanted in the States, they, can, they should consider moving um, to make Africa their home. How could an LGBT person do that? And what if an LGBT person is um, married with kids? You know, like, well, what if they're single and they want to be married with kids on the continent one day? How could someone who's LGBTQ actually live in Ghana? And, and how right, does, how, how, because, how? yes, I, I, I tried to also have the same conversation with a friend some time ago. And I was like, you know, Ghana talked about it. And then, and then last year was also the year of return. And so basically the idea was for... Um, Africans in diaspora to come back to Ghana because like well, like um, 400 years of slavery and the slave trade and all of that so African Americans African in the UK and every other part of like uh, and the world should come back home and all of that yeah but I'm saying that I think they also didn't factor the idea of uh, African American everywhere like also includes African-Americans who are also queer. And so did they factor that in their uh, um, discussion? So clearly you, you realize that their idea of African-Americans should come to Ghana is clearly an idea of a heteronormative attitude and behavior and idea, you know? Because clearly there were no queer uh, 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 um, 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 factor uh, um, featured in the whole idea of year of return and African Americans should come back home and all of that. And so this was something that um, we at the time and 
were not so strong and not so enough to have challenged the government and asked the government to clearly like respond to some of these questions, you know, because these were very legitimate and a good question to have asked the government that yes, you set the year of return. Mm. Uh, Africans in diaspora should come home, but those Africans include queer Africans. What is the uh, guarantee, or what is the the, the the initiative or the support to there for Africans, Americans, or African in diaspora who are queer? You know, unfortunately, mm. those were not factored in there, and so um, there was that uh, a, a factor that was like missing in there, to which like we still need to ask the government about. Uh, uh, these and if the government is still calling for an um, African and uh, in diaspora to still come back to Ghana and make Ghana their home, then clearly these questions also need to be asked because there are still laws, there are still attitudes that really discriminate against LGBT persons. So how mm. are we sure? How are you going to guarantee those who are asking to come back home? Or are you saying that they they are not? like they are not supposed to come or something like they really need to answer and they, those answers can only come from them and they are going to answer this question but then again it also poses the the question of so what what about those in the country lgbt persons who are also in the country what are the measures or the system that have been put in place to mm. also make their life better because as it stands now there are high level of discrimination against the community you know that doesn't allow an individual to fully achieve their potential so what is this the system or the mechanisms that has been put in place for LGBT persons who are here or who are Ghanaians who are also living in Ghana and going through all the challenges that are there. You know, so these are all legitimate questions that the government really needs to answer. Gotcha. Thank you for that. We got a couple more questions on this and then we're gonna wrap this part up and get to our, our last section of our interview. But um how, quick question, how's trans life in Ghana? Do like do guy and doctors perform any surgeries for trans um for the trans community in Ghana? Um, yes, so um, when it comes to the uh, area of trans, yes, there is there are trans visibility here in Ghana, but in terms of um, health and human rights and all, like, no, just like the LGBT community, there is also, like, that level of discrimination against trans people, you know. But then I will say in Ghana here, the trans community has been very bold because when it comes to the mainstream media here in Ghana, they are the most visible group in Ghana. You, you, you always constantly uh, uh, see them in, in either the, the national graphics or the national newspaper or in any of the uh, national um, um, TV stations and all of that. So their visibility has been uh, that high as compared to the other acronyms within the LGBT community. And so, but when it comes to health and access to health needs for trans people, I would say no, because most of them usually get access to some of these needs and this help individually or personally through their own means of getting it. But then there are no systems in place that support them in terms of their health and their needs and all of that as well. Gotcha. Oh my. You're very versed on, on knowing your information. I'm just like engaged and like 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 everything you say is so interesting. Um, so, what has been the most enjoyable part of you in your work with the LGBT rights in Ghana? Enjoyable, right? So I would say the enjoyable part of my work here is the fact that there are young unapologetic 
Ghanaians who are like, you know what, enough of the whole nonsense that you guys are going. Like, we are going to get up and we are going to stand for our rights. And so when you look at LGBT rights Ghana as a group or as a movement, most of the individuals there are all young persons, people who are from within their early and their late 20s pushing for this change to happen. And so a lot of time when I see all these young people who are so unapologetic and very loud and proud about themselves, it makes me so happy and it actually pushes me to want to do more because then we, we need to really put systems in place that would protect these guys who are very loud and unapologetic without they having any barriers or hindrance or something that will, will cut their, 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 their freedom and their joy of just being this unapologetic and all of that. And so me seeing them do all the things they do and doing it with, even though it is like there is still that level of discrimination and the level of stigma, and yet they are still able to do whatever they want to do with no apologies. It makes me so happy and it makes me feel like we are going to achieve a lot in the near future and it is so obvious and it's going to come very soon. Oh yes, you better talk about it. Definitely. <laughs> I like how you uh, I like how you said that. Um, in all in all that you've experienced thus far, what has been the best life advice that you've received thus far? The best advice. So I would say the best advice I've received is to just uh, be yourself, you know, and and these this advice has really helped me, you know, because. I am I am coming from a very conservative kind of, um, uh, uh, family, you know, the whole holding on to Christian values and blah blah blah, you know, the whole, no plenty of this stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I uh, like be yourself, live your life, and know that whatever life you choose for yourself, it's your decision, and you are right to choose those decisions. So I just chose the decision to just be myself and live my life to the best of my abilities. And that advice has really helped me. And so I'm able to look at another family member in the eyes and tell him, you know what, go fuck off. It's not your life. It's my life. And I'm okay with it. Boom. That part. <laughs> I totally understand. I've, I've been there, done that. Trust me. It's either you're on the train or you're off the train, but the train's going. So yeah, I, get, I get it. <laughs> um, and so the last question before we switch over to our, to our uh, questions that we ask everyone we interview is, um, after Matthew also posted that he would like to have a traditional Igbo wedding. And Aaron, <laughs> so for Aaron, our show producer, for the rest of us, my um, audience, can you describe some of the, the different components of a traditional uh, African wedding? Oh yeah, so uh, yes, so every 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 uh, uh, um, tribe here in Ghana have their own way of um, initiating somebody into marriage and all of that. So. Um, when you pick the uh, the Akan tribe here in Ghana, and Akan is like the the biggest tribe here in Ghana because you have the Pantis, you have the Ashantis, you have the Ekriapins, mm -hmm. you have the Bonos, and the Akwemus, and all of them being part of the Akan um, tribe, you know. And then with this um, system, there is a traditional. Uh, marriage that is done, you know, where the man comes to the um, the woman's house and seek uh, the woman's hand in marriage, and the family actually have to agree to it, you know, because when it comes here, when it comes to marriage, it's not just between a man and a woman, 
it's actually between one family and the other. No, and so, all those <laughs> like, once you marry into one family, all the other people you didn't know all of a sudden becomes part of your family. Now they are all family and you are family. And so, they kind of, in a way, have a say in your life and whatever, you know, like all those things. So, the, and that, that, that idea of the man coming to seek the woman's hand in marriage, and then once and the family of the woman allows that to happen, then it goes on. But then we are also living in a, in a, in a, in a, in a like, intersectional kind of um, mm-hmm. system here, you know. So there is a predominantly Christian um, religion that is attached to most of the tribes here in Ghana, you know. So you have uh, about 72% of Ghanaians being Christian and about 15% being uh, Muslim and then the others being traditional and then also uh, non-religious. So with these number of people being in the religious circle, obviously they would also want to do the whole religious part of the uh, 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 the wedding. So they do the traditional part. So now we're going to get a little personal. Um, and so we <laughs> ask these questions. <laughs> We ask these T questions, we call it, to everyone that, that we do interviews with, and there's five quick questions. So, um, first one is this. If you had all the money and power necessary, money or power necessary, how would you do, what would you do or change that you feel would be most beneficial for the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community? If you had all the money and power necessary, what would you do, do or change? Well, if I have the money and the power, Obviously, I would just arrest any homophobic person whatsoever because they're the ones clearly making LGBT life difficult. So arrest all of them and imprison them and let people live their life with you, whatever. Magic wand. <laughs> Anybody that's against homosexuality, you're gone. Disappear. All right, awesome. <laughs> Number two. It starts with a quote, and then I'll tell you what the question is. So the quote is this. Ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what am I living for in detail, ask me, mm-hmm. what do I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for? And that is a quote by Thomas Morton. Um, so the actual question is this. What is your goal in life? And part B to that is what is slowing you down from achieving that goal? My goal in life, right? So my goal in life is um, basically to... to, to, to my goal in life is basically like for people to be liberated wherever they find themselves and just be themselves, you know, because I feel like life is difficult enough, you know. Mm-hmm. So any obstacle that hinders somebody from achieving their full potential is a no-no and it has to be removed from there. So my goal is basically to help remove any obstacle from anyone's life from achieving their full potential. And what is actually stopping this from happening, obviously, is the fact that some people think they have the right whatsoever to infiltrate and take charge of people's life and control people's life because they have the resources and the power to do that, you know. And the idea of we... I, I would be happy if those power and then those 
that privilege is removed from there just so others can just be themselves because that is clearly what is discriminating against other people not allowing people to just live to their full potential so yeah Mm, all right now come on we gotta be our full potential every day especially living now you know what i'm saying like the times that we're living in you know stand for something or fall for anything so yes so this next question number three is our deepest t question so this is something that you never shared on social media before but something that you're willing to share with us huh what have i not shared on social media before but I want to share. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, I think one that I haven't really shared on social media is my um, relationship. Uh, I think I have. I really, really. I don't really like when it comes to my like my relationship aspect of my life. I really don't share it. I don't. I don't. I don't remember sharing it. On anywhere on social media, so, I saw. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> and so yes, and um, yeah, so I, I I had really an amazing um, relationship with a guy from Nigeria. Um, I had like about two and then half years amazing relationship until he he yes. moved back to um, Nigeria. You know. And I haven't really shared um, so much of the story because um, I haven't really had the opportunity to share it anyway. But I had an amazing uh, relationship with him, and it's something that I really um, appreciate and hope that every other person could enjoy the same uh, experience that I did experience with him because it was amazing, basically. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell by your. Uh actions and your excitement your smile like when you talked about it like oh. you lit up like a christmas tree so i was like oh this is really good this is really good to you. you lit up like a christmas tree so the fact that you can talk about love in that way um and, 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 and how you experienced it uh shout out to you and um I, like you said i hope everyone else can experience you know true love you know um so yeah. it's a great thing if you, if you can experience yeah it, you know um, and basically this, this love shouldn't be something that anybody should like um reject or cause somebody not to experience because that was an amazing relationship everybody should be able to love and experience and love, experience love. And come on we're on the same page i get you um <laughs> second to last question mm-hmm. what has been your major stumbling block along your journey and how have you overcame it um i think um major stumbling block is um the work as um like as as, as an activist here in ghana um has to do with um the major one right all right so so i was saying that um, the major stumbling block has to do with um financial challenges of being an activist here in ghana you know because constantly people are being abused constantly people are asking for help constantly people are seeking for one need or the other you know and then because i have put in myself out there so much i am the first person like i'm the first point of contact when it comes to some of these needs and some of these help you know mm-hmm. and when you don't have the means or the resources to like support that individual or that person it just has breaking you know 
especially when the person has to talk about the fact that I don't have money to buy food. Like, food is a basic need, you know? Everybody has to eat. And if somebody isn't eating for some reason, you know, it's heartbreaking. And and to 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 know that you can't even help is even it's crazy. Sometimes it, it it takes so much toll on me, you know. And I'm and I'm just I keep thinking, I keep thinking like, which other way can I do to help? Which other way can I do? Like until uh, one of the means to which um, we try to want to solve some of those problems is actually to initiate. So we are actually initiated a, a, a GoFundMe account where we are mobilizing uh, uh, nice. fundraising to support the uh, uh, um, individual uh, LGBT persons who are in need or in some way or the other, you know, just so whilst um, concentrating on trying to change or remove laws that discriminate against us, we are also uh, um, looking at the needs of the LGBT person, you know. And which is like very, very, very important. High five to you guys so, for yeah. that. High five to you for that. It's really super dope. You know, it, it seems like it can be discouraging when you don't have the things you need, but as long as you have love, you know, and you continue to show that love and continue to, you know, let them know, like, it'll get better. And now, last question before we close out is ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? So my my leg the legacy for my work is actually to 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 play a role. Uh, in changing laws that discriminate against um, people, you know. So I just want to live my life such that I was able to give my all and when I leave and go, I know at least I came into the world and I did my best and I did what I had to do and I did it with everything. Everything about me was just giving all out and I just leave. And so when I when I'm able to do all of that, I know I can live and live in peace, you know. And then just you know I have done my best. All right now, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> LGBT activist rights all the way from LGBT activists all the right from Ghana, ladies and gentlemen. Please, Alex, tell him one more time. First of all, we want to say thank you to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to make this happen. You know, again, we don't it's know if it's It's a pleasure having to have this discussion with you, and I am so happy to be here. Yeah, so can you tell the people where to find you if you if you want to, if they want to be able to connect with you maybe and, you know, maybe support your cause and what you're doing, maybe about, tell them where the GoFundMe is or website or anything where they, if they want to support you and what you're doing. There is organizational uh, uh, pages, and I know I also have my own personal page. You know, with the organizational page, that's um, LGBT Rights Ghana at all across board on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, YouTube at LGBT Rights Ghana. You'll be able to find most of the things that we are doing on all the social media platforms. And then my personal page um, on Facebook, my name is Alex Kofi Donko on Facebook. And uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, I go by the name at Awodin. That's A H U O D, and you know, and then you just get to write there. So yeah, <laughs> boom, find me just like that everywhere. Thank you so much again. I'm um, so super Thank dope, you. ladies and gentlemen. If you're out there and you um, you know, are LGBTQ, you know what I'm saying, and you're in Ghana, you know, reach out to my bro, reach out to my man here, and make sure you know, mix, you know. You got help. There's things out there for you, and there's people out there working hard so that you can, you know, 
feel love you need to feel and be also be set free. So shout out to you again, Alex. Thank you so much for being here. This has been All the Tea with Verse TV. With Verse TV, sorry. I'm at Troy Weeks Music. At Troy Weeks Music on everything. W-E-E-K-E-S is how you spell my last name. Troy Weeks Music on everything. And um, you can follow, has, you can like, comment, subscribe to Verse TV on YouTube as well as on uh, um, iHeartRadio. Sorry, I don't want to forget. <laughs> Uh, so uh, check us out, guys. We post videos again each and every week. Upload all the time. We we bring you things like this, like people people like Alex from Ghana. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> all right, thank you. All right, thanks, Alex, so much. Thank you.